Upon my honor, one, I will develop my life for the greater good. Two, I will place character above riches and concern for others above personal wealth. Three, I will never boast but cherish humility instead. Four, I will speak the truth at all times and forever keep my word. Five, I will defend those who cannot defend themselves. Six, I will honor and respect women and refute sexism in all its guises. Seven, I will uphold justice by being fair to all. Eight, I will be faithful in love and loyal in friendship. Nine, I will abhor scandal and gossip, neither partake nor delight in them. Ten, I will be generous to the poor and to those who need help. Eleven, I will forgive when asked that my own mistakes will be forgiven. Twelve, I will live my life with courtesy and honor from this day forward. By adhering to the twelve trusts, I swear to partake in a living quest in everything I do. Hello and welcome back to Upon My Honor. I'm your host, Justin. This show is brought to you by the Knights of Awakening. So here we are, the last episode for this mini-series. And all in all, I think this mini-series was good. Uh, had a lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback, and I appreciate that. So today we're going to be talking about the 11th and 12th trusts of chivalry now starting with the 11th trust it's all about forgiveness upon my honor i will forgive when asked that my own mistakes will be forgiven from chivalrynow.net when people do not forgive past offenses the results can be tragic anger and hatred deaden the soul to the best intentioned spirit of humanity that we are called to nourish truth often becomes the first casualty Gossip and slander usually follow in its wake. Clear thinking is deterred by deep-seated obsession. Justice becomes a vindictive bludgeon, or is set aside entirely. When all this happens, misery spreads and personal character is impeded, sometimes beyond repair. Families are broken. Friendships dissolve. Hostilities prevent reconciliation, feeding a negativity that holds everyone back. Politics often preys upon human weaknesses to the point of encouraging people to hate one another just because they hold different opinions. This difference of opinion, the stimulus of discussion and compromise, was once considered the strength of democratic governments. Anger does nothing but breed further contempt into a contest of anger where the whole nation suffers. It does not have to be this way. We have universally admired models of forgiveness for inspiration. Jesus, Abraham Lincoln, Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, Martin Luther King. We should do more than admire such people. We should learn from them as well. Forgiving those who hurt us can be a difficult challenge. Animosities may calm down over time, and then an errant word brings back what was never fully resolved or expunged. We seem to have no emotional control, and that makes us victims of ourselves. This is why it is so important to change our ongoing complicity to the enslavement of unbending unforgiveness. The heart of chivalry now encourages us us to embrace a life as a quest for truth, a quest for learning and growth and moral achievement. 
While this is a valid course to personal fulfillment and authentic living, it consists of challenges, some that seem almost insurmountable. This is the adventure of life, the hero's journey. That we occasionally fall is a given. The important thing is to try again. The problems we face in the world today cannot be solved in a climate of anger, extremism, and non-cooperation. In this respect, forgiveness is the first step to finding real answers. Those who rise above this spiral of negativity will be the ones who lead the way up to recovery. The advocate who is empowered by truth, compassion, intelligence, and goodwill does not rely upon or need anger to bolster his or her message. I had asked Dean, in your book, and I'm in the book I'm referring to um, Chivalry Now, you say that self-forgiveness does not exist. Can you elaborate on this? One of the reasons that self-forgiveness is so difficult is that the attempt automatically separates oneself into a subject-slash-object relation. The subject, I, seeks to forgive the object, me. That is not who we are. It is the I, as the subject, who feels guilty, trying to forgive a separate me, who either does not exist or is nothing more than an ego image of oneself, hence the problem. Repentance, in contrast, does not mean forgiveness. It means to change one's way. If you want to get rid of that nagging guilt, you can separate yourself from it by becoming a new and better person. For the sake of justice, make recompense to the victim when possible. It helps if they forgive you, but whether they do or not, it is, it is within your power to change and grow and embody high ideals. I know that pop psychology tells us to love ourselves and to forgive ourselves, but I just don't think that is possible. Forgiveness has to come from the offending subject. The most we can do, and this is seriously a lot, is become who we were meant to be according to conscience and nature's law. To me, personally, that is what the born-again experience and Christian baptism are supposed to represent, and it is just as valid for unbelievers as well. So, when I look at this trust, beyond just the act of forgiveness, this trust reminds me personally of mercy. A knight who is in a compassionate state of being understands mercy to be first and foremost in their minds when dispensing a punishment or forgiveness or quote-unquote justice. Our path teaches us to be tempered by the act of mercy when dealing with our brothers and sisters out in the world. Gordon B. Hinckley said, The willingness to forgive is a sign of spiritual and emotional maturity. It is one of the great virtues to which we all should aspire. Imagine a world filled with individuals willing, to bo willing both to apologize and to accept an apology. Is there any problem that could not be solved among people who possess the humility and largeness of spirit and soul to do either, or both, when needed? You know, more often than not, when we contemplate mercy as a knight... We contemplate justice so that mercy complements it. But mercy is more than that, though. Mercy is the ending of suffering through compassion. It is the action of measuring movement to be only as harsh as necessary or to inflict as much force as absolutely necessary while still acting with, good, uh, with a good intent and rightness. Where a knight stands... And where a knight is present, those suffering should know that mercy is coming to them, be it uh, in a kind word or some act of healing or some some sort of acts that 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 are needed to help prevent suffering from continuing. Whatever the case may be, when a knight is in action, especially in the proactive, 
everyone around should know and should see that they move in measured steps to prevent suffering and to alleviate suffering. Not everyone who commits ill is beyond redemption in this world. The virtue of mercy ensures that we give the rest who are redeemable the opportunity to be redeemed. It's not typically our place to pass final judgment onto another person. This is why mercy must always be at the center when confronting those who are on the wrong end of punishment or something similar to that. Mercy doesn't only apply to the act of dispensing punishment or judgment. More often than not, I have found myself having to see it in my heart to have mercy upon those who are asking for my forgiveness as well. Most likely, you'll find the act of mercy being used in this way for you too. Remember, it's not a knight's place to quote-unquote punish the wicked. Our place in this world is to alleviate suffering whenever, wherever it is found. If you do your part, you save the world for the person whose pain may be lessened by your compassion and mercy towards them. One other thing to consider and understand about mercy is that what we give to others is most likely to be returned. When we prove to be merciful, we will also be more respected. Others are more likely to trust our words and deeds before they are even spoken or any actions even taken because they trust the fact that we're going to have mercy in the forefront of everything we're doing. Mercy is something that we have to have in ourselves as well. Uh, some, we, we all make mistakes and we all fall and we all at some point will need or do need forgiveness or will need to ask for forgiveness. When we make mistakes, when we fall down, we have to ensure that we learn our lesson from this and pick ourselves up and continue to move forward. Every one of us makes mistakes, even the greatest among us. Men are defined more by their defeats than their victories. Do not relish in either. Learn from both and move on. It is not how you fall, it's how you pick yourself up that matters. Part of reevaluating the self is finding those things that are either no longer useful or those things that are detrimental to us. Take time when removing these things so as not to release something useful by mistake. If you can show yourself mercy first, then you'll have an easier time showing it to others. One thing is for sure, you will find the value of compassion and mercy if you find yourself on the wrong end of judgment, a punishment or um, forgiveness. Axiom of light, my favorite axiom of lights, I say this a lot, no one is beyond redemption. That which is corrupt takes time to reform. In your dealings with the corrupt, do not cast them aside. Awaken them with words. Elevate them with deeds and repay injury with kindness. Do not cast them, but their corruption aside. As I said, we are all capable of falling and failing at times. Those very corruptions that we stand against could take hold in, in any of us if we're not vigilant. But if we're also not showing mercy and compassion and forgiveness. Lift up your fellows. Do not keep them down. You never know when you may need help up yourself. Seek justice, but love only mercy. And the twelfth trust, a noble soul. That's what this one is for me. It reminds me of a, of, of a person who has a noble soul. Upon my honor, I will live my life with courtesy and honor from this day forward. Trust number 12, I will live my life with courtesy and honor from this day forward. Uh, th this one seems to culminate the other 11 trusts, and it kind of ties them together very nicely with a bold statement of dedication. Uh, why are these important to learn and follow? 
courtesy and honor, when honest, reflect our internal qualities. They are the seasoning that enhances all else. Without them, the chivalric principles lose their distinction. While the idea of noble bearing might seem out of place in today's world, the qualities that chivalry espouses should always reflect themselves in how we act and treat other people. One cannot be a knight without them. From the website chivalrynow.net, little appreciation is given to the possible benefits of courtesy today. We tend to regard it as a social accessory used when needed to impress people. Some recognize it as pleasant niceties related to good breeding. Others see it as nothing more than a means for seduction or closing a sale. In other words, courtesy is seen as either a quaint distinction of refinement or a way to influence someone to get what you want. For the noble heart, however, courtesy is a tangible, ever-present expression of the 12 trusts in our lives. It is the natural and unassuming response to chivalry's commitment reflecting the self-refined character of a true knight. Quite simply, it is the honorable way to treat people. Courtesy should never be limited to a way to act when certain occasions call for it. In every aspect of our lives, it provides an ever-expanding cultural dynamic that nurtures positive relations, even among strangers. People respond well to expressions of respect that contribute to their comfort and self-esteem, and carry that sense of well-being beyond that particular exchange. The ripples on a pond ideal illustrates the possibilities of good deeds echoing throughout eternity without our knowledge. In contrast, a lack of courtesy, or even worse, the insult of discourtesy, convey the message of either ignorance, contempt, or rude self-importance, the very opposite of what today's chivalry is supposed to foster. Ripples can be good or bad. We cannot know who later suffers because of an errant word. Consider some of the possibilities. Courtesy contributes to social harmony by providing benevolent structures to all relationships. It breeds not only friendships of, and goodwill, but confidence in knowing how to handle oneself in many situations. We become more socially competent, which expands our potential. It proactively dissolves barriers to communication, encouraging cooperation and sharing of ideas. Courtesy honors the unique value of every person, thus promoting self-esteem. It actively encourages and supports the nobility of human life, which sets the stage for fine accomplishments. Courtesy also provides a tangible way for each of us to project this essence of chivalry now in everything we do. It attractively differentiates those who being who bring the 12 trusts to life from those who do not by appealing to what is best in people already it reflects innate ideas that will complete and fulfill who they are in this way we cultivate honor in our lives and people respond in kind all right so when i speak of nobility i'm not talking about some kind of status or title or anything associated with someone whose stature is some above anyone else. Nobility is the total of a knight's character. It is found in how they treat others in the world at large. If generosity is the cornerstone, then nobility is the foundation of a knight. Nobility is recognizing a greater purpose, 
uh, more significant cause uh, and higher idea. It acknowledges that we are more than mere animals seeking to rise above each other, but that we as people can uplift each other alongside of ourselves. It's a recognition that new heights can be obtained for all only if we all seek to be better. Nobility is not elitism, nor is the idea of one person being better than another. Instead, it is the idea that we are all better than we realize and that we can reach that state, each of us. We just talked about redemption. We can reach the state of nobility, every single one of us. The knight inspires others to noble action through example and ensures that those who are downtrodden that better people exist. Nobility is the agreement that we will be that last light in a person's dark time whenever we can be the, the lighthouse uh, guiding ships away from the shore. Right. This agreement helps us understand that we must be more than our most selfish parts and instead be at our best self to inspire others. As I've said many times in my, my larger body of work, I strive to see the world do better with all of my heart. But to help it do that, I must first be the change that I wish to see. It's not enough to just talk about it. I have to do these things and we have to practice them. And it's something that I complete and repeat daily. It starts with me. If my affairs are not in order, then I'm not, I'm not any, uh, of any good to anyone else. Beyond that, it's working within our small little sphere of influences to make big and small differences in our area, in our community, in our family. Uh, we, do, we do it on a personal level first, and then that kind of extends to our family and friends. And then maybe uh, our workplace and then you know the community and on and on and on by seeking to better those around me I in turn are am bettering myself and I'm taking one step closer to the vision I'm talking about now this could be anything from nobility could be anything from standing up to a bully or doing the dishes or talking somebody out of, out of harm or feeding the hungry or reaching something off the top shelf at a grocery store for someone who can't quite get it. Those are all noble things. Big or small, any action that benefits others will benefit me and in turn help the world one person at a time. That's that's nobility in a nutshell for me. This kind of reminds me of the agreement of grace too. When walking the path of knighthood, I always encourage it to be walked with grace. And this, for many, brings forth the idea of having some kind of divine or holy grace. And that will undoubtedly be true for some hearing the show. And it's an, a very important part of their path and quest. And that's great. That's okay. Some others will equate it with enlightenment and awakening. But for me, I'm just going to kind of stick to this um, a more general and secular explanation of, of what I'm talking about is grace. Angelica Hopes once said, gracefully and gratefully accept the changes in our lives as casually and as flexibly as a butterfly does. So for me, grace is having the ability to walk the path 
and be noble even when it's when it's almost impossible to be noble when the wind blows against you bend don't break right that's grace walk in this path with grace and nobility obstacles are necessary for our growth and we should not treat them as, as something bad or as a nuisance or something that plagues us or curses us forever right instead treat them as opportunities to be better than you were before you encountered them we tend to get stuck in thinking that obstacles are always all around us and that they bind us and they trap us and they imprison us this is grace grace is the ability to move and grow with the flexibility and strength to endure to accept and weather the storm and the chaos that life throws at throws at us to look at a problem or some hardship right in the eye and say give me all you got when getting knocked down hard by the world grace is getting back up on your feet and saying is that all you got grace is also the ability to notice and accept change uh, keeping up with the ebb and flow of life the universe ourselves grace is the virtue of alchemy the ability to change a base material into its purest and highest form our alchemy focuses not on turning lead into gold but on taking ourselves and reaching our highest potentials gratitude is a very important ingredient to finding grace i'm grateful for the moments in my life that give me validation and the moments that provide me with grief and those moments that make me uncomfortable and push me to my limits i'm grateful for the people in my life who offer compassion and comfort and love and understanding and the opportunity to show them my gratitude and devotion in return i'm also grateful for the people who push me to my breaking point and force me to go beyond that i am thankful that i can live my life so that it is still always on my terms no matter what happens that's grace within that contains self-discovery self-reliance self-discipline self-respect self-actualization just to name a few sure there are junctions within the path where we meet and commune with others and share our experiences something that i like to call our noble friends our noble friendships but these are typically personal experiences you know the ones i just mentioned no two people will be impacted the same by any kind of personal awakening if you want to see where you're at in your path an excellent trial for each of us is to put ourselves in a place where we're uncomfortable put ourselves in a place where we're challenged where we have to kind of dig deep and find out what we're made of at the end of this i lay down a challenge find ways to challenge your beliefs your ideas your views and even your perspectives in the end you will find one of two things happening either you will strengthen your currently held standards and beliefs or you will find new ones to add while getting rid of the ones that do not serve any real purpose for you anymore and that's it guys i want to thank you so much for the support and feedback on this little mini series um keep keep uh, tuned in to the chivalry now facebook page that's probably well in the knights awakening page two uh where i'll be making um some more announcements as we as i start to build up this new show that will that will will just continue the 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 title upon my honor and uh yeah so 
make it a point. If you've not read this book, and I'm pretty sure everyone I'm talking to has probably read this book or has been to the website. Um, but if you haven't read this book, Chivalry Now, The Code of Male Ethics, uh, you probably should get it. Um, I'm just barely scratching the surface with these little 20-minute video or the 20-minute uh, podcast. So, um, but also go over to Chivalry Now, the Facebook group. Of course, by the way, all the links, as you know, will be in the description. Go over there and interact with the people, including Dean. Um, they're a good bunch of people. They're great, noble friends, and they'll help you um, understand some of these ideas. Um, so, yeah. Again, thank you so much for joining me. I love you all very much. And until next time, awaken the night within. <laughs>